Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Feckin' Metal that I record in my brand new home office, um, kind of. I got myself a desk uh, for the bedroom, moved my PC in there. So now I'm recording in a different room. Don't know how it's going to sound, actually. I recorded half a podcast in here today as well. Um, but this is probably where I'll be recording from in the future. There's a clock ticking. Uh, I wonder if that will come out on the audio. I'm not sure. It remains to be seen. Uh, but yeah, episode 11, coming up shortly, I will have an interview with Michael Podrabo, and he uh, coached me on the pronunciation of that name. It's of Polish descent, or he's of Polish descent. His grandparents were Polish. Um, from Glacier. Uh, not a story too dissimilar from Sirith Ungle. Uh, I spoke to Robert Garvin a couple of weeks ago, and Glacier are kind of there was a, there was a much larger gap between uh, the period of when they were last active and, and currently, but a similar type of story in that there was a long period of inactivity for the band, and they've come back with a bang initially on the festival circuit, and then uh, releasing a new album this year, very similar to Sirith Ungle actually, in fact. Um, and the new album, The Passing of Time, is excellent, and I strongly recommend that you listen to it. And to me, like I said to Michael on the episode, uh, and I wasn't even brown-nosing, this is legit, I think this is way better than the original Glacier EP from 1985, uh, on which Michael sings three of the songs. Um, and uh, there was an unexpected answer when I asked him what the logic or reasoning behind having different singers on that EP was. I suppose I should have guessed why that might be, but um, Michael addresses that in the episode. Um but yeah, Glacier, The Passing of Time, one of the better albums of 2020, in my opinion, getting great reviews across the board, and it's great to see Glacier back um, and doing really well, and I really look forward to possibly seeing them at a gig um, whenever the hell things open again. God damn it, I want to go to a gig. I want to go and pre-drink and go to a gig and have pints and watch a good band, and I have never wanted that more in my entire life, so once everything is opening back up, I'm going to go to everything. I'm going to try and go to up the hammers i'm going to try and go to keep it true true uh, i know all of those um festivals are probably sold out for the next incarnation but the the year after that i'm going to make such an effort to get to everything i can and never take anything for granted ever again <laughs> um but before we get to michael which is coming up shortly i just want to talk about a couple of things um i have been chatting back and forth with james kelly from steel tormentor on twitter um, he he kind of chimed in on a conversation we were having about Iron Maiden on um on my Twitter. It's at Feckin Metal Cast if you'd like to contact me. And I've been chatting back and forth forth with him. So Steel Tormentor are an Irish band, a metal band that have been gone since 1996, and they have had a few releases, but they're inactive at the moment. Uh, James is kind of the last man standing um in that band, but uh, they have quite a good album out. Um, that I've listened to recently. It was out in 2010, and the name of the album is Return of a King. Uh, I was um, not giving out, but I was kind of uh, saying to um, Jerry Mulholland, I was like, just saying that there's there's just no decent Irish traditional sounding metal bands. Um, And we were both talking about how extreme metal is really popular in Ireland, and uh, traditional sounding heavy metal isn't that popular. Um, But Steel Tormentor are a traditional sounding uh, metal band. They've some really nice epic songs on there, excellent guitar work, just really good melodies and the exact type of metal I like. So if you're interested in uh, finding out about some Irish metal bands, give them a go. And James actually went on to recommend me a few more. So we were messaging on Twitter and um, he recommended me three Irish bands that he thought I would like based on uh, the type of stuff I listen to. And they are Celtic Legacy, which are currently still 
ongoing darkest era and old season so all of those three bands are still on the go i've listened to some of the songs from those bands and they're really good really worth your time so um if you are interested i'm going to add those to the i'm going to add a song from each of those bands and from steel tormentor to the feckin metal uh playlist which is available on spotify and i'll just give you the name of that because i gave you the wrong name last week i think i mean i'm sure you probably would have found it it's called feckin metal podcast official playlist on spotify um a few people following that already so if you're interested give that a follow uh and um, you can listen to any songs that I kind of discuss on the episode and uh, those ones as well from those bands that I just mentioned. Um, it was interesting actually because I thought I didn't really know any of those bands he mentioned and they are again Celtic Legacy, Darkest Era and Old Season if you want to check them out. Um, but when I looked at Old Season I realised that I have actually seen the singer live before um, and funnily enough his name is John Bonham is the name of the singer uh, from Old Season, who is also now the singer of Celtic Legacy, but isn't on their earlier material. Um, but John Bonham is an excellent singer. I'd seen him uh, performing as part of an Iron Maiden tribute band in Dublin uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, and they were excellent. He's a really, really good voice. He was also on the Irish talent show, The Voice, and I think he actually did a Led Zeppelin song, if not mistaken. I think he did the Immigrant song. Um why wouldn't you of course if your name is john bonham i'm almost almost certain that's what he did um but yeah i saw them playing the iron maiden tribute band that is playing in uh, fibber mcgee's in dublin back about a year and a half ago and he had a fantastic voice and, and i listened to the song by old season called meet me on the battlefield and i highly recommend that um and i remember as well when they were playing they did a version of the loneliness of the long distance runner not a song the actual iron maiden are ever going to play live again you'd have to imagine um i think they only played it once ever in history um but this was really good a really good rendition of that and he's a great singer um so that's some irish bands out there if you want to listen i know there's a lot of listeners in ireland who listen to this funnily enough um so go and have a look at those if you're interested in finding out about some bands you may not have heard of that are well worth your time also uh i wanted to mention just the new icdc album so i've spent some time listening to it over the last few weeks i can confirm that through the mists of time is not a prog epic um, but I can also confirm that's my favourite song on the album catchy as fuck uh, so hook laden and brilliant and it just it just wallops you over the head immediately this is like ACDC at their most melodic it's like it reminds me of Money Talks from um from the razor's edge and a lot of people are saying this is the best acdc album perhaps since um flick of the switch in 1983 and a lot of people are making comparisons with the sound from flick of the switch and i think it's a it's a good comparison to make and some people are comparing it a bit to fly on the wall as well i think black ice was quite good although i haven't listened to it in a long time i wasn't really a fan of rock or bust uh, but this is brilliant and far better than acdc have any right to be in 2020 and it's just a great fucking album and it's just comforting to listen to acdc still doing it in 2020 did i say that on a recent episode i'm not sure anyway i'm saying it again if i did um so that's kind of everything yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna um play the interview now i did with michael podrobo from glacier all right, so uh, so uh, I have Michael Padrebo here from Glacier. Thanks for joining the call, Michael. No, oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Okay, you're very welcome. Um, so uh, Glacier are obviously back uh, in a big way over the last few years. Um, you, you made your return to the stage under a pseudonym under the name Devil in Disguise back in uh, 2017. But uh, more recently, you've got a new album out, uh, The Passing of Time. And uh, obviously, uh, there's a lot of buzz around the band at the moment. But... Um, 
let's just go back to uh, the early days. So you mentioned to me just off air there, you joined the band Glacier in 1983. So we're going back uh, 37 years at this point. Okay. Um, so how did you come to join Glacier initially? I'm guessing you didn't start the band yourself. You mentioned that you joined it. How did that come about? And can you just um, give me a bit of uh, background on, on the early years before you released any music, obviously? So I was I was originally in a band called Harlot in Salem, Oregon. And um, the girl that I was dating at the time told me that um, she knew these guys in Portland that were in a band called Glacier and they were looking for a singer and they were going to be big time and all this stuff. And so uh, she arranged for me to uh, to go try out, and I showed up at uh, Pat's mom's house. And they practiced <laughs> in the basement. Okay. And so I went down the basement. It was this little tiny. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a basement. It was like a hole in the ground almost. Right. Anyways, uh, um, they had me sing like I think I did two Judas Priest songs and two Iron Maiden songs, and I was in the band. <laughs> Okay, so a quick audition. Had they auditioned other people at the time as well, or was it kind of they heard you and they were happy enough with that and they went with you? You know, I I don't remember if they had auditioned anybody else or not. Um, I really don't remember, uh, but they were excited with what I had done and they had me in the band immediately. Out of interest, do you remember the Judas Priest and Iron Maiden songs you sang? I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Just curiosity. That was a long time. Yeah, yeah, sure it was. Okay. Um, so, okay, you're, you're in the band Glacier. Um, you released an, uh, a demo tape, I think, in 84, but you said you joined in 83. So were you gigging a lot around Portland around that time, or were we playing lots of shows? Yeah, we were playing a lot of shows only in the Portland area, really. Um, we opened for Wild Dogs a few times. Uh, we played with... A bunch of other bands opened for us, uh, Sabotage, Manchild, um, there were a few others, uh, I can't think of any right now, but we played it, mainly played at this one place called the Starry Night, which is now called the Roseland Theater, and um, then we ended up playing, uh, we did a big show down in Eugene, Oregon, uh, that was probably the biggest one we ever did, and that was the last show we ever did, we opened for rail and wild dogs okay um so what what year are we talking about then when you're saying it's the last show you ever did was this pre-demo 85 or, or 85, 85. Okay. right um, so you had a, a three-track demo then out in 84 and then um you put together an ep um in 85 which was the original glacier ep which had five songs in it um now, I know you sing on, on three of the songs in the EP, and there are also two yeah. guest singers. What, what's the story behind featuring two guest singers on the songs? So they kicked me out of the band All because right. they wanted a different style of singer. They wanted someone who could sing like Rob Halford or like um, Jeff Tate of Queensryche. And um, I was out of the band. So uh, they had... had they had been sending the demo out to different record labels. They had a response from Par Records. They had uh, Axe Killer actually wanted to sign them, but they only had three songs at the time. Yeah. So that's why there's two other singers. They brought in Rex McNew to sing Vendetta, and they brought in Keith Flax from Sabotage to sing When Heaven's at Hand. 
and that gave them their five songs that they had to have to get the actual contract. Okay, and uh, so those songs, I think you featured Vendetta in your recent set list uh, as Glacier and Devil in Disguise, is that right? I sang Vendetta back in the day when I was performing live. Okay, so these are originally songs that you sang on. Did you did you write these yep. songs as well, or were you? you were uh, no, I didn't write them. They already had most of the songs when I joined the band. Okay, right, but but you uh, obviously now currently you're happy to sing those songs, and uh, you you would have sung them back in the day as well. Yes. Okay. Um. So you've got the EP out. It has three different singers on it. Um. And what happened next? Well, um, I got out of music for a lot of years and um, never looked back. I got into jet ski racing and uh, my father's and my business took off and we were doing jet skis. So, so as far as I know, uh, the Glacier guys couldn't find a singer, a permanent singer. So they moved to L.A. I moved down to L.A. for a little while, too. They moved down there and couldn't find anybody down there, never got anything going. So they came home. Pat and Lauren got together with a couple other guys and they did the 1988 demo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, basically, there's, there's no Glacier activity really until, right. well, until 2017 when you uh, put together Devil in Disguise. Right. Um, so you mentioned you, yes, you got... Well, so what was going on was Sam and I had been talking about doing Reunion because we had some interest um, of a promoter down in Chicago. And... Um, they could never come to terms on what they were doing. And Sam hadn't been, uh, he was a little rusty on the guitar and it was just going to be too much to put something together. And so he decided he didn't want anything to do with that. Well, then the bad news of Sam came and the promoter down in Chicago wanted, wanted me to come down and sing all of the songs. And he put a backup band together. So that was the plan. And while we were, while I was down in Chicago, the very first time to practice with these guys that I didn't know, um, Oliver from the Keep It True Festival got a hold of us and wanted us to play there. So we ended up playing at Keep It True as our very first show. That's unbelievable. Uh, Had you done some rehearsals at like by this point or like, you know, you said you rehearsed with the guys you didn't know. How how much rehearsal time are we talking about? Yeah, I, so I practiced with them that time, and I think, I think I went back down one more time to practice with them, and then I went down a few days before we had to fly out to Germany and practice beforehand. That's unbelievable. Um, so I just wanted to touch on it though before we get to that. Um, you you said you got out of music. Is that like you were in no bands at all between when you left Glacier no. until? Basically, very recently, you, you didn't get involved in music whatsoever. Well, like in like 2011 or 12, I started just kind of messing around with some friends that lived in the local area. And we were just jamming on songs and stuff. And we played out at some little, uh, this place called the Mission Mill. They have a big open area. And we played like eight or so, eight or 10 songs one day there. And But that was really about it. Nothing, nothing, you know, like what's going on now. Okay, so it, is it, do the promoters take credit then for getting you back into music? Like, was there no, it was, like if they hadn't have contacted you, if those festivals hadn't have contacted you, would you still be out of the music business essentially? 
Probably. Okay. That was, you know, that was the only reason that the interest started. And then how did it feel to be back on stage? Did it light up something in you that had been kind of laying dormant for several decades or, or how did it feel to actually perform again at Keep It True? So when, when I was, uh, the guys were up on stage doing their sound check and I'm, I'm on the side of the stage and, and uh, I'm thinking, you know, nobody knows who Devil in Disguise is or Glacier, you know, and so I decide to look over the curtain and see how many people are there. And I, I pull the curtain down and I'm like, oh crap. I, <laughs> I didn't realize I was, I was scared to death. <laughs> so then I start pacing back and forth. I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And, and uh, they started the guy or the, the stage guy brings me down the microphone, shows me how to turn it on. And, and I'm standing there and I'm still pacing, trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. And, and, uh, they start in on ready for battle and my cue is coming up fast. <laughs> I just, I just went up there and said, hello, Germany and did my thing. And it, you know, it wasn't the greatest show, but I, I felt confident once I got going, but I was still a little nervous and everything. But once I was on stage again, it was, it was almost like I had never been off stage, but I still was scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so I wanted to say to you, obviously your voice has held up unbelievably well. For somebody who didn't sing for about 30 years, uh, your voice is impeccable. So like, were you surprised at how well you could still sing in 2017 after having not sung for 30 years? Well, when we first started, uh, the guys were sending me their version of the, new, of the old songs for me to practice to and stuff. And... Uh, um, my friend, um, my other friend, Mike, was helping me record my vocals on the track so that they could hear what I actually sound like before I went down there. And, oh, my God, it was horrible. I was like, oh, I sound like crap. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to do this. And I don't know, I, the more and more I practiced, the better I got. And um, uh, my voice has gotten, uh, it's gotten Pretty decent, I think. <laughs> well, if you don't mind me saying, I actually think you sound better on the current album than you do on the 1985 demo. Uh, I know. Oh, there I, is I really think so too. Everybody says the same thing. You know, I was young. I my. You don't. You know, when you're young like that, you really don't have, um, like oh, I don't know how to say it. Um, like a real style. You're just doing what you think is cool. You know. Yeah. And I think, you know, listening to music, because I never stopped listening to music. I always listen to music, no matter what. Mm. And uh, you, you know, kind of, you know, you hear a bunch of different styles and maybe you sing, you know, everybody kind of sings like somebody, I don't know, but uh, you pick up things and I don't know, even some of, the, some of the older songs, I've changed the way that I sang them back in the day. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So overall, though, I'm guessing it was uh, it was good to be back. Am I am I picking that up? It's uh, like you you're enjoying what you're doing now. Um, after you oh, got yeah. over the initial hurdle. Yeah, I feel very blessed to be doing it again. Okay, and I just wanted to point out. So, like, the music business has obviously changed dramatically since uh, you would have last been active with Glacier. So, I mean, since the mid '80s, we've had the internet. 
Uh, even CDs probably would have been in their infancy back then. Uh, we've got MP3s. We obviously have, um, you know, uh, digital music now, like you've got iTunes. All, all of this happened while you were inactive. Uh, and right. then we have, we have streaming. Like, have you kept up uh, with the changes in technology or would you be kind of old school in your approach to listening to music and consuming music? No, I probably just want, went along with technology. I've actually, I cannot believe how many bands that we've played with that I had never heard of before. And the every time we come up onto a, a festival, I always look at all the bands. And if there's bands that I've never heard, I look them up on YouTube and listen to them. And God, there was just so many that I really love. And and um, it's it's amazing, you know, back in the day, you'd go into your record store and and uh, you'd look through the, the heavy metal bands and, oh, this looks cool, I'll, I'll buy this, you know? <laughs> and, but depending on the record store, like Medieval Steel, I really had never, ever heard of them. And I love that band. They're so great. Yeah. And uh, I didn't discover them until 2016. Wow. Um, I, I think to an extent people still do that. Like I, I'd be drawn in personally by artwork and even just scrolling by it on Spotify or on Facebook. I think maybe the record stores have changed, but I think the, uh, to me, the artwork is a huge, huge part of it as well. And I just wanted to say, obviously the artwork in your, your new album is uh, exceptional. It's like, it's like an old school metal album from the eighties. It's the vibrant colors and the, the painted, right. painted cover as well. Like, I think that's a huge thing for me. I'm always drawn well, in by a painting. When we started look, um, talking about doing an album and, and, uh, artwork and all that. And I, I really do not like the new digital stuff. It's no. just too, it's too perfect. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I started looking at um, looking for an artist that was into painting. And um, there's a, a, the artist of our new album cover, his name is Daniel Charles. He's a tattoo artist down in Texas. Okay. And um, he was friends with me on Facebook because of Glacier. And one day I saw a, a painting that he had done and I'm like, Oh my God, that's really good. You know? And, and it really reminded me a lot of the early fates warning stuff. Right. And uh, so I got a hold of him and I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, do, do you do any, do you do paintings? And he said, yeah. And I said, would you be interested in, in doing the new Glacier album? And he said, Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, what I did is I sent him, um, I sent him three of the songs we had demos already for and the lyrics and um he just by listening to the lyrics or reading the lyrics and listening to the songs, he came up with the initial sketch, which is basically what the album cover is. Yeah. And I'm guessing one of those songs was Sands of Time, based on what he came up with. Um, actually it wasn't. Oh really? Um <laughs> No. The so we had we had I don't remember if we had come up with the name of the album in the beginning or later. But the like um, eldest and truest, the wizard and and the temple and the tomb and um, and then also just glacier, you know. And then also um, we had songs. I think because we were doing some songs from the old stuff too, is why and that's where Adam came up with the passing of time because old to new and it, how long it's been since. Glacier was playing and uh, 
but yeah, that's the idea he came up, Daniel came up with, and um, we all loved it, and we just stuck with it and kept going, and he kept adding this and that to it, and I yeah. got the, um, I don't know if you'll be able to see it. I, I can see it all right, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, you've got the actual. This is the original painting. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I can see it there. Okay, so you own that? Yes. It's really nice. Um, lovely. And uh, I was going to say, uh, so this is his first heavy metal album cover, is it? Yes. I'd say he'll probably be getting a lot of work now in the future based on this. Yeah, he, he got a few, um, one of our friends, a uh, um, couple of our friends, people that we know got a hold of him to do artwork for them. Uh, he's doing, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything about it yet or not, but he's doing Riot City's new album. Oh, wow. Nice. And uh, there's a couple others that he's working on. Attica is one. I can't say the other one because that's still secret, I think. <laughs> no worries. Okay. A, a Beatles reunion or something, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Don't go, uh, oh, no, I think. <laughs> uh, the fifth Beatle. Uh, okay. Uh, good, good for him. That's great. Um, all right. So uh, I'm just going to ask you as well. I noticed like the runtime on the album is about 40 minutes. And that's really the length of an old vinyl album. Um, you know, you had about 20 minutes aside or so. Was that a conscious decision or was that just all the music you had? Because personally, I love an album with a runtime of about 40 minutes. I think it's a perfect time. Well, it actually is perfect time for the sound. Anything above 42 minutes, uh, you start to lose sound quality on vinyl. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of bands nowadays will have no problem putting out like a double vinyl or, or something like that. Right. But, uh, that wasn't on the cards yeah, we've, for... We've already, got, we've already got new songs that we're working on for the next album. Okay, okay. Good to hear. Very good. Um, all right. So uh, I just wanted to say as well, um, the uh, band obviously that played on the initial Glacier EP, you brought back a couple of those guys. So you have Lauren Bates and you have uh, Tim Proctor uh, also involved in this. Is that correct? Yep. We have Tim yep. Proctor on bass and Lauren Bates on drums. And also, uh, uh, do you know Phil Ross from uh, uh, Manila Road? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's on the, on the album yeah, too. Phil's okay. playing on, on a couple of the songs as well. So you obviously kept in like close contact or obviously still friends with uh, with Tim and Lauren. There's no hard feelings there or anything like that. No, we're we're very good friends. And how how was it for there them? There was a little play? bit of feeling, hard feelings back then, but okay. I got over it. <laughs> uh, and how, how was it for them to play on like the first Glacier full length album? Like, because I mean, this is obviously the first album you've ever done under under the name. Yeah, they're they were pretty excited about it when we asked them if they were interested they're like, Oh yes, that would be incredible. Okay. And obviously the, the, the rest of your current band were okay. Bringing back the old members and there was no issues there. Yeah, actually. Um, it was a decision with all of us. Okay. Um, so then I was just talking about streaming and stuff like that. Um, those, do you keep up with like Spotify and, and streaming platforms like that personally, or do you use any of those yourself? No, I actually don't use any of them. <laughs> I okay. just I just pull up YouTube and start listening to what I like, and it throws in new stuff once in a while. Okay, well, I was going to say I've I've just noticed I, I was looking at um the the new album on Spotify, and it's noticeable that the uh, it tells you like how many times each song has been played, and it's noticeable that the the plays decline as the album goes on so the opening track has the most plays and uh, as it goes on like the, the final track on the album has the fewest plays and i was just wondering like 
do you does it bother you that people aren't as interested in full albums now as they used to be maybe back in the 80s and that songs are kind of picked and chosen and maybe not full albums are listened to as much hmm. i don't know if, if that's i mean yeah if that's true that's kind of sad <laughs> you know give the band a chance and listen to all of it like would you be a full albums type of person like would you put on a vinyl record and listen to the entire thing like that that type of listening or yeah I, I pull up when i do a search i pull up um such and such band full album and i'll listen to the whole thing and uh, have you uh, had any uh, involvement with the, the you know the channel on youtube the new wave of traditional heavy metal albums have you seen that channel on youtube it has full albums oh yeah our our album has over forty thousand views yeah, yeah. So it's quite the uh, tool for like, well, not only up and coming bands, but also just kind of underground bands, I suppose, that uh, it gives them right. a, a massive audience. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, okay. Uh, so you, you mentioned you're working on new music. Um, is there any timeline for that? Like, would you release another album during a pandemic or are you going to wait until you can play live shows again? I don't know. It just depends on what happens. You know, we don't know. We'll see how long this, how long it lasts and who knows. Fair enough. And then uh, you mentioned, obviously, you played a lot of festivals uh, initially with Devil in Disguise, then when you went back to being Glacier. And um, you played with, obviously, a lot of the up-and-coming bands. Are there any particular bands, newer bands, that have um, piqued your interest or any particular bands you're into that are part of the current crop of bands coming up? Um, Riot City is a great band out of Canada. They're good friends of ours. Um, a band called Solicitor out of Portland. My friend Amy Carlson is a singer for that band. They're a really great band. Um, oh, Traveler is another really good band that I like. They're from yes, Canada. They're brilliant, yeah. Big fan of them. Okay, good stuff. Look, okay, um, I might wrap it up soon, but uh, look, thank you very much for doing that. Uh, the new album is excellent. I'm really enjoying it. I've noticed all of the positive reviews you're getting as well around the world. It seems like everything like all the reviews are just really positive and like so happy to see glacier back and, and releasing a full album and back right in the middle of everything now like it's just it's a lot of activity around the band currently yeah the the press has been really good so far great stuff hopefully and we'll get to the shows here pretty soon and some new festivals but we'll see what happens and it worked, did you have a lot of gigs that were cancelled as part of the coronavirus or like most other bands or we had a 10-show tour for South America that ended up getting cancelled. Okay. And is there any chance of that being rescheduled or is it just cancelled and we'll wait and see what happens? Uh, I think we're just waiting to see what happens. Okay. Well, look, I hope to see Glacier on a stage somewhere soon, maybe in the next year or so. Uh, I'm really enjoying the new album and it's great to hear that you're already working on new songs. So exciting times ahead. Hopefully you return to the stage and more music again in the future. So look, thank you very much, Michael. I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, is there any place people can contact you online or anything like that? Um, yeah, they can uh, email the website. It's glaciermetal.com or uh, the Glacier page on Facebook. Excellent stuff. Okay, look, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much, Michael. I appreciate that. And uh, best of luck with all your activity in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, so that was Michael Padrebo. Bit of a shorter interview this week, but, um, you know, there was 35 years of, of inactivity, inactivity with Glacier. So um, Michael didn't even really work in the music industry, as he mentioned there during that time. So, um, yeah, but look, it's great to see them back. It's an excellent album, The Passing of Time. Give it a listen. And um, 
I actually have it pre-ordered on vinyl, although it's been delayed a bit, but I can't wait to get my hands on it. I love the artwork. Um, I'm delighted that that artist has got further work in the industry because that type of art is lacking. As Michael was saying, a lot of bands have gone the digital route these days and they're digitally um, drawn or digitally compo- composed images. And I, I'm a sucker for an old school painting like the cover of that album. I think it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful artwork. And I love that type of artwork in general. So um, fair play. Um Okay, that is really going to do it for this week. And next week, I'm going to speak to Nesbitt from Talking Maiden and the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. And we will be reviewing the Iron Maiden live album, uh, the, you know what it's called, whatever the hell it's called, um, Legacy of the Beast live album, the Mexican one, Jesus, what's it called? Knights of the Dead. Knights of the Dead is what it's called. Um, I actually I spoke to Nesbitt just a few hours ago, and we did almost a two-hour podcast, and it's always great to talk to Nesbitt, um, and I could talk to him all day, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so that's coming your way next week. The week after that, speaking to another podcaster you might be familiar with, and uh, the week after that, I am going to speak to uh, my friend Kevin Daly, who was on the first episode of Feckin' Metal, and we're going to talk about five years of attending the Sabaton Open Air Festival in uh, Fallen in Sweden, and we've attended that every year from 2015 to 2019, so lots of stories and uh, a lot of decent bands as well along the way, and um, we're going to re- revisit those years and, and any f- stories we can think of. P- a lot of people enjoyed the first episode and, and messaged me and contacted me about that, and especially the stories from the Download Festival and stuff like that. So another episode of that type coming your way. Um, and then I hope to speak to a very special guest in January. Um, this has been agreed in principle. It will be the most, the highest profile person I've ever had on the show, if it happens. Uh, the, I've agreed in principle with the singers management that it will happen but let's just see if it does happen uh, so i'm going to leave you with that um prick tease of a of a semi-announcement there that's going to do it for this week's feckin metal uh, and i will catch you next week with nesbit uh, and we'll be talking about knights of the dead before i let you go i'm going to leave you with a song from glacier as is the tradition here on feckin metal this is from the passing of time and this is called sands of time i hope you enjoy it.